Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. It's interesting to, to engage in the process and uh, we trust God better days ahead for us. Amen. Alright, let's pray. Let's get into the Word. Father, I want to thank you. Because I'm anointed to teach. And your people are anointed to receive. And together our faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. I pray that light and understanding will come forth in and through your word. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Now, please, I want to plead with you. If you were not here on Wednesday, endeavor to get the messages and listen to them. And it's very important uh, as we begin to study the subject of the Antichrist. And... um, I'm not going to go over what I did last Sunday. I deliberately kept these for this Sunday because uh, I know some of us show up only Sundays. So if you show up, showed up last Sunday, you'll be able to still follow up on these. But on Wednesday, we started talking about the emphasis. And it's very important that we are loud where the scripture is loud and uh, we are silent where the scripture is silent. So for instance, I did explain to you and I showed you from the scripture that there is a very strong emphasis on the person of the Antichrist in the church and there's this whole fear about the Antichrist which we don't find in the scriptures. And Jesus warned us of false prophets and that was the emphasis that the apostles had. And I showed you all from 1 Corinthians down up to Titus the warning against false prophets. Uh, so as I was getting ready in the office this morning, I thought I was going to do something on Wednesday just to... We, we're going to have a full study on, on what the mark of the beast is, uh, as the Lord gives me the liberty to teach that. But on Wednesday, I'm going to teach on the use of the word beast in the scripture, the use of the word beast, how the Bible uses beast, okay? So I'm going to use that uh, just to wrap up this study on the Antichrist so that uh, you just understand how, when the Bible uses the word beast, what it means. So I think we can, we can do that very quickly in a couple of verses and we can finish that up. But as we continue to uh, look at the Antichrist, we see that the, the concept that Jesus wants us of is of false messiahs. Now, I, I, want, I want you to understand something, that there was a great contention on who the Messiah is. That was one of the biggest contention that they had. Who the Messiah is. And the fact that the Messiah needed to come in the flesh. Alright, that was a very big contention. Now, let's go to First John chapter... No, we'll go to First John later. Go to Second Peter chapter 2 verse 1. Remember, we're continuing from where we stopped on Wednesday. So, we were looking at a couple of scriptures where the apostles warns us of deception. So, 2 Peter chapter 2 and verse 1. I, I wrote an article that will be up later today on social media. And uh, I was studying something and I showed Pastor Mary. Uh, I was reading a book and I stumbled on... Uh, a, theolog- a theologian's book and uh, Dr. Craig Keener and he was interpreting a verse of scripture that's been over the years you know, kind of interpreted in a certain way and he, he got it spot on because he just paid attention to the context 
of the passage. So I was thinking, why is it that sometimes preachers are afraid of proper interpretation of scriptures? I just, you know, thinking about it. And four thoughts came up to my heart. First of all, most people have heard the scripture taught the way they have heard it over the years without questioning, without reading the scriptures for themselves. That's one. Number two, people defer to authority a lot. So when a popular man of God says something, it's, it's correct. Okay, it's correct. Um, and, and people don't, don't want to search it out. Now, number three, uh, many times uh, accurate Interpretation of scripture is not so much based as getting results. What I mean by getting results is it's not about the results we can get from the scripture rather than just allowing the scripture speaks for itself. But church is designed around results. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. So church is designed around what you can get, what you can get. So we, we go to the scriptures with what we can get. Let me give you a typical example very quickly. I hope I can still stay within my time. Let me give you a typical example. In 3 John chapter 2, I think I've taught that here before, but let me refresh your mind about that. If, if I say 3 John 2, what comes to your mind? Who, who can tell me? What comes to your mind? 3 John 2? Who is talking? 3 John 2. You don't know 3 John 2? You people don't like money in this church. Kiki, what is in 3 John 2? I wish above all things. Uh-huh. I wish above all things that you may do what? Prosper and what? Be in good health, just as what? Okay. Do you know this is one of the most popular verses of scriptures we quote in third John? But do you know that this is not what John was writing in third John? You know this is not his emphasis. I know you don't know. But you now know. Paul was just writing, John was writing the letter. This was his greeting before he started writing the letter. We stopped at the greeting because that is where money is. (laughs) Go and read it now. He was actually writing about two people, Demetrius and Diotrephus. He was warning the church against Demetrius and Diotrephus who seeks prominence in the church and who does not allow the truth of God to flourish. That was why he wrote the letter. This was his greeting. It's like saying, dear ma, I hope everything is going well with you just as everything is going well. So, this is what I want you to say. No, don't bother. It is going well with me. Go read it. Go read it. This is, I mean, I'm not saying God doesn't want to prosper us, but this is not the emphasis of John. This was a greeting of John. I think my microphone is still too loud. Just take it down a little bit. This is the emphasis of John. This is, sorry, the greeting of John, thank you, before he gets onto his emphasis. Are you following? Let's read it. The way you're looking like, let's read third John. It's you that will stay here longer. Let's read. It's it's a short letter. We can read it. Let's read. Everybody. Verse 1. Okay. Let's read. All right. The elder to the beloved Gaius, whom I love in truth. Beloved, I pray that in all respects you may prosper and be in good health, just as your soul prospers. Verse 3. For I was very glad when brethren came and testified to your truth. That is, how you are walking in truth. 
I have no greater joy than these to hear of my children walking in truth. Pay, pay attention to truth. Three, beloved, you are acting faithfully in whatever you accomplish for the brethren and especially when they are strangers. And they have testified to your law for the church. You will do well to send them on their way in a manner worthy of God. Verse 7. For they went out for the sake of the name, accepting nothing from the Gentiles. So he was talking about the teaching of pastors and missionaries who were going out, teaching the word of God, and not collecting anything from the Gentiles because this church was supporting them. Verse 8. Therefore we ought to support such men so that we may be fellow workers with the truth. Look at the word truth, 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 truth. All is coming out. Verse 9. I wrote something to the church that Diotrephus, who loves to be first among them, does not accept what we say. For this reason, if I come, I will call attention to his deeds, which he does, unjustly accusing us with wicked words and not satisfied with this. He himself does not receive the brethren either, and he forbids those who desire to do so and puts them out of the church. 11. Beloved, do not imitate what is evil. But what is good? The one who does good is of God, and the one who does evil has not seen God. Verse 12. Demetrius has received a good testimony from everyone, and from the truth itself. Truth again. And we had our testimony, and you know that our testimony is true. True again. I have many things to write to you, but I'm not willing to write them to you with pen and ink, but I hope to see you shortly, and we shall speak face to face. Peace be to you. The friends greet you. Greet the friends by name. Having just read Third John, what is the emphasis of Third John? <laughs> well, because I kept saying truth, 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 truth. So you see now, because I kept saying truth, 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 it has increased it. Alright? Because I said truth, 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 you that has altered your your mind. Okay, what else? What else do you think? Hospitality. Hospitality in what now? Hospitality in what? Yeah? In, in supporting those who are teaching the truth. Perfect. Right. Right. Hello? This Baptist congregation this morning. Are you guys here? So, do you see that, do you see that just by us reading the 15 verses of 3 John, it just tells us what that later, the primary purpose of that later, to warn the church of Diophytus, Diotrephus, and to encourage them to imitate Demetrius. But do you realize that if we never read that, you can actually die thinking 3 John was about prosperity? So, why did I give you that example? If we go into the Bible for what we can get, our interpretation of scriptures will be altered. We first of all allow the Bible to speak to us. Are you following this? Come on, are you following this? Alright, so let's go to Second Peter. Now, this is not to say... <laughs> That's not about our prosperity. This is just to tell you that there's context to scriptures. So let's go to Second Peter very quickly. As we pursue our thoughts on the Antichrist. According to the word of God. Second Peter chapter 2 verse 1. But false prophets 
also arose among the people. So I want you to pay attention to where the false prophet came from. They arose among the people. Just as there will also be false teachers among you. So Peter says two classes of people are going to be among you. False prophets and false teachers. Now, one of the things you must understand as you study the Bible is that in those uh, ancient times, their concept of false prophet was not so much as what we think today to be false prophet. Their prophets were actually teachers. It was not so much of signs and wonders. It was more of what they thought. Okay? Now, you, uh, among you, who we secretly introduce destructive heresies. So, the false prophets and the false teachers have something they're going to introduce, which is what? Destructive heresies. Now, even denying the master who bought them. Can we read the amplified version, please, very quickly? The amplified version. Alright. But also in those days, there arose false prophets among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you. Look at this. Who will subtly and steadily introduce heretical doctrines, destructive heresies, even denying and disowning the master who bought them, bringing on themselves swift destruction. Which means they are going to deny the messiahship and the lordship of Jesus because the Bible tells us that we are bought with a price. Now, let's go to... Galatians chapter 2 and verse 4. You know, we're looking at the word false, the way Jesus used it. Outside of false prophets and false teachers, they are also false brethren. Okay? They are false brethren. Galatians talks about false brethren. Galatians chapter 2 and verse 4 to 5. It says, "Um, But it was because of the false brethren... (laughs) Who secretly brought in, who had sneaked in to buy, to spicery out our liberty, which we have in Christ Jesus, in order to bring us into bondage. Now, pay attention, when, when, you're, when you're doing Bible studies, you pay attention to details. Pay attention to how Peter introduces the fact that the first, put, up, put it up for me again, Second Peter chapter 2 verse 1, the New American Standard Bible, quickly. Look at this word, look at what Peter said there, who will secretly introduce destructive heresies. Pay attention to how it comes in. Secretly introduce destructive heresies. Now go back to second, uh, Galatians chapter 2. Who had sneaked in Right. To spy our liberty. Now, what was Paul referring to here? He says he wanted, that they wanted to bring us again into bondage. What was Paul referring to here? Now, he was referring to false broad, go to verse 5, but we did not yield in subjection to them for even an hour so that the truth of the gospel would remain with you. So you realize that these false brethren came into the Galatians church after Paul had taught them about the finished work of Christ. They sneaked into the church and started teaching them about works. 
that they needed to be circumcised. If not, they would not be born again. So Paul says they came to spy on our liberty. So they were not only warned of false prophets and false teachers, they were warned of false brethren. That's why if you now go to Galatians chapter 3, Paul calls them fools. Galatians 3 verse 1. He says, you foolish Galatians. Right? Who has bewitched you? Before whose eyes Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified? Right? He says, who has... He he called them fools. What made them foolish? They were not accepting what those false brethren were bringing that was opposed to the message of the cross. Which is... That the fact that Jesus died. And that's why in Galatians chapter 3 verse 13, again, Paul talks about us being redeemed from the curse of the law. So he goes on to establish the fact that we are new creatures in Christ Jesus. Again, you must understand that the battle in those days was the fact that these people just got saved from Judaism. And they were people who said, you know what, if you don't get circumcised, you're not born again. And so, Peter, uh, Paul had to be strong on this. Even Peter was almost caught in that trap. Remember, Peter will go to the Jews and we wash his hands. He will go to the Gentiles and we know what. Paul had to rebuke Peter. Because Peter was almost falling into that trap. You know, I, 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 read, I, I read something yesterday night as I was studying a, a young man that was with us. Um, and uh, he, he's in Lagos now. You know, he's been there for a couple of years. And um, I read something on his status yesterday. And he said, um, you must have an altar. Whether it's an altar of God or an altar speaking against you. Something about that nonsense. Uh, but altar cannot be destroyed. But it can be broken. Something and, and, and so, so I reached out to him. I, I, to have a conversation with him today. What has he been listening to? Because this is someone who's been with me for a couple of years before he went to Lagos. But obviously he's been listening to some false brethren. Don't underestimate how much error will prevail in your mind if you keep listening to it and saying it doesn't matter. You will soon believe that you are cursed. Because you will just, you will just look at your life. They paid everybody on the 14th. Why is my salary on the same? Why? What is delaying it? And you will start looking for curses around you. Your wife would suddenly become, instead of saying, oh foolish Galatians, you will now say, oh foolish my dear, something is going to manifest. Keep looking for what is no loss. And that is the spirit of the Antichrist prevailing. That which opposes the finished work of Christ. That which deceives even the very elect. That opposes the coming of Christ in the flesh as our Messiah. The one who redeems and set us free. It will look very subtle. There will be an element of truth in it. It will will look like, "Mm, this message makes meaning. It only makes meaning outside of scriptures, not within scriptures. 
So, let's look at how John teaches about the Antichrist. First John chapter 2. Like I said, the word Antichrist is used only in the book of John. No other places. You can't find it in any other places. It's not inferred in any other places. The man of sin in Second Thessalonians uh, will spend time to, to teach on that. I thought we could work on it very quickly within this series, but it will take us a whole lot, lot more. So on Wednesday, we'll just look at the use of the word beast in the Bible, how, how the word beast is used in the Bible. And that will give you a bit of context to it. Second, where am I now? John. Praise God. Alright, second John. No, first John, sorry. First John chapter. Remember, how many of you remember the three doctrines I said was prevalent? Look at your notes, tell me. Was prevalent in the days of John that John was fighting against. Go back to your note last Sunday. What was it? The first one is what? Don't 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 worry about the, the name. Just tell me what the doctrine was all about. The first one? Did you write? What was it? <coughs> that Jesus' humanity was not real. What was the second one? <laughs> what was the second one? Jehovah. So all those energy on Sunday. <laughs> Open your notes. Open your notes. How many of you are here on Sunday? You are not here again. You are here on Sunday. Huh? Pastor Mary. Behold that children. Alright. Who was here on Sunday? Okay. First, first. What was the three doctrine? Okay. What was the emphasis of the doctrine? Summarize it. Jesus was not human. No, 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 no. The false doctrine they were teaching. Come on now, this is not good. This is not good. Jesus is, who is talking? <laughs> bring my puppet down. Bring, bring my puppet down. Okay, let's, let's, let's do this. Who wrote on Sunday? You wrote. You wrote on Sunday. Where's your note? Bring it. Bring, bring, bring the, the black puppet for me. Bring the black one for me. Okay, so let me see what you wrote. Okay. I read this one now. <laughs> you were reading. Okay. Who else? Who wrote on Sunday? But Ma, did you write on Sunday? You wrote, but you didn't write that one. Okay. So what did you now? What did you now write? Let me see what you wrote. I can't even see your writing. You want to deceive teacher? <laughs> Who wrote again? Who wrote on Sunday again? Yeah. Don't worry about video today. Just don't worry. Who wrote? Put it. Put it there. Bring your notes, let me see. Because if you miss that, you, you, you will not. So, what's this one? 
Denying the humanity of Jesus, they said the body was not good and nothing good come out of it. Okay, the third one. Now, but those your three doctrines emphasize humanity. So two emphasize humanity. One emphasize what? One emphasize what? Is divi- did you write? You used to write well before. It's because you are sitting with Boma. Uh, with, with, you are sitting. You did not write. Caris, Pastor's Child, did you write your song? Let me see on it. Where are those three doctrines? Okay, matter is evil, so Jesus cannot come in human form. Say Jesus was merely man, not God. Denying the humanity of Jesus. Okay. Who else wrote? Did you write? Let me see. Uh, so why are you people afraid to... Chairman, did you write? I'm not sure. But the way your glasses... Who else wrote? Bring my iPad. You don't want me to teach again. Bring my iPad for me. Yes, let me see what you wrote. Yes. What did you write? Let me see. Don't worry. If you are older than me, I won't ask you for your notes. You want to disgrace me in front of... Don't worry. I will just ask my age, mate. Okay. Okay. Okay, so I, I, I think... I think uh, th- the point is this, right? I think you, you guys missed you guys missed those doctrines in the sense that your emphasis was on the two doctrines which said that Jesus' humanity wasn't real. Right? So two, docetism and gnosticism says that the humanity of Jesus wasn't real. They denied Jesus in the flesh. But the third doctrine, alright, just said that he was God all true. So this was the, the way I made you to understand it. To emphasize the fact that his humanity was, was, was not real in the sense of matter is evil, so God cannot be God and man. So, okay, let, let me summarize it like this. Their emphasis was the fact that God cannot be God and man. It's either he is completely God or he is what? Completely man. But what does the Christian faith teach? That Jesus is both what? God and man. Okay, so that's it. So let's leave all that. Are we, are we good? Can we continue from there? Right. I'll soon buy blackboard. Alright, so let's go to First John now. First John chapter... So, so I said, and the reason I gave you that background is to also let you know that is why John started his later weeks. The fact that verse 1, First John 1, 1, right? That's why I started this later with the fact that what was from the beginning, what we have heard, what we have seen with our eyes, what we have looked at and touched with our hands concerning what? The word of life. Praise God. Concerning the word of life. Are you following that? So he emphasized the fact that this man called God, we touched him, we saw him. We fellowshiped with him. So, it, 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 so Jesus was not just a fable. Now, you must understand this because if you do not understand the background with which John was addressing this issue, the Antichrist thing will just be something that is coming in the future. You see, what makes the Antichrist relevant in the scripture was because John was using it to address something that was prevailing. 
So what was prevailing is something you need to understand. If you don't understand it, you really will not make meaning out of the teaching because that is why there's a lot of futuristic teaching about the Antichrist because the truth of the matter is that a lot of people cannot relate to why John was talking about the Antichrist in his day. So obviously if John was writing about the Antichrist, then it simply means that it has to come. Are we together? Come on, are we together? Which means that if I'm not using this subject matter to address something taking place in my day, it means it has to be futuristic. But if you understand what was happening in the, in the day of John, which are these doctrines we've talked about, all right, we would now be able to understand why John was addressing them. Because that was really what John was addressing. And you will see the emphasis as we study him. So go to First uh, John 2 now. So we're reading from verse 18, right? First John 2, 18, right? So it says, Children, it is the last hour. And then we talked about the last day, right? I think we talked about that last Sunday, all right? We talked about how the last day started, you know, on the, on the Pentecost, when Peter said, this is that which was spoken up about the prophet Joel, you know, uh, in the last day, our part of my spirit. Is that... Are we good with the last day also? Sure? So the last day is not future. Right. The last day I started over 2,000 years ago. All right. It is the last hour. And just as you heard that Antichrist, and I said about the law of first mention, that Antichrist is coming. Now, I spoke to you about the word coming. Now, there are a lot of terms we need to understand when it comes to eschatology, and I'm praying that the Lord will help us, give me the liberty to teach some of those things as we progress. When you see the word coming in the scripture, the word coming, S-C-O-M-I-N-G, uh, there are seven Greek words used for the word coming. It's never one word. Seven Greek words. In, in fact, when you also study the word coming, when it relates to the coming of Christ, there are seven Greek words used for it. Alright? Uh, the most popular one is the Greek word parousia, which also means like he's appearing. There are different words used for that Greek word. Some, uh, some, some of the other words used for coming is um, apocalypsis, which also means revealing or manifesting. So you will see some translation will use the word appear. As opposed to coming. You know, our old English concept of coming is usually somebody coming, right? Coming from somewhere. We don't always see, and I explained Apocalypsis to you on Sunday, which means an unveiling, which means that that thing is already there, but is not what? Revealed. Okay, that's perfect. Okay, so it goes on to say, you heard it's coming. Even now. So even now will mean that as of the time John was writing, as of that moment, Many antichrists, plural, have appeared. From these, we know that it's the last hour. Two things John tells us there. So he, he starts the verse by saying, little children, it's the last hour. You have heard that antichrist is coming. Now we know that many antichrists are here. Then he says, because of the fact that many antichrists are here, we also can reaffirm that it is the last hour. So one of the signs that it is the last hour was because of the presence of the Antichrist. Is that clear? Read it, let's read it again. 
It says, children, it is the last hour. So it says, it is the last hour here. Then it says, and just as you have heard that Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have appeared. From this we know. From what? What is the this? The appearance of what? No, not the appearance of Antichrist. The appearance of what? And her many, put the many there. Don't say it's the appearance of Antichrist. Because immediately you start saying it's the appearance of Antichrist, then your mind is locked to one figure again. Do you understand? Do, do you get this? So it says, by the appearance of many Antichrists, we know, we can confirm it's the last hour. So at what time did uh, John confirm that it's the last hour or the last day when he wrote this letter? And he says, one of the things that tells us it's the last hour is the appearance of many Antichrists. So two things we need to establish in that verse of scripture, reading the scripture just as it is, is that the Antichrist is no one man. Right? Do we agree? Because if he says many, then he's not one. Right? Okay, let me give you a summary that we'll, we'll get there, but let me give you a summary. How many of you have the Spirit of God in you? Some people, John, you don't get. <laughs> okay, so we have the Spirit of God, right? Can we say many of us have the Spirit of God? Can we say the Spirit of God is one person? <laughs> okay, is it one figure? Is it just one figure? No. The Spirit of God cannot just be one figure. You can refer to it as the Spirit of God, but it's manifested in what? In the many sons of God. You can refer to it as the Holy Spirit manifested in what? Each of the believers. So, the manifestation of the Holy Spirit is a spirit that works in the children of God. Do you follow that? That reveals the fruit of the Spirit. So, the Antichrist is the spirit that works in deceivers that reveals the fruit of deception. But the emphasis of this deceptive spirit is the denial of Jesus in the flesh. Okay. You'll get it. Let's keep going. Verse 19. They went out from us. Who will the day be here? The many antichrists. Right? Or the people influenced by the spirit of the Antichrist. And what is the spirit of the Antichrist? The spirit of deception. Well, let's read. Let's read. Probably I'm going way ahead of myself. Verse, verse 19. They went out of us. So, if I say, they, if I say, they went out of us. Let's take it literal now. KDC Church. If I say, setting, I'm not saying, <laughs> if I say, setting people went out of us. Does that mean that there are people you would have known? Am I right? Does that mean there are people you probably would have known? Does that mean there are people who probably we would have fellowshiped with at a time or the other? So if, if, if John is now saying in the first verse that many antichrists and they went out of death, does that also prove to us that these were likely people who were among them? Does this agree with what we read in Galatians about false brethren who came in our midst 
to spy our liberty and to bring us into bondage. Because if you take us back to works, would that mean that you are actually denying the finished work of Jesus, which gives us the liberty to worship Jesus? Can I now say that those false brethren were part of the many antichrists? So when Paul says, when John says, they went out from us, he could refer to people who were influenced by the devil, opposing the humanity of Jesus, bringing doctrines that makes people's faith not to be on the finished work of Christ, the dead, burial, resurrection of Jesus, to go on to works again. Let's read. We're just allowing the Bible talk. I'm not saying God told me. I'm not saying this is a special revelation. We are just allowing the Bible talk. Just read. They went out from us, but they were not really for us. For if they had been of us, they would have remained with us. So, does that tell us that there is a possibility that these people would have remained? And if they had remained, they would not have been called the Antichrist. If they had remained, they would have been for Christ. But they became anti and left. Can you see that? Because it shows the possibility that these people would have remained. That's what the scripture says. So if it showed us that possibility, it actually now means that these people were very present. But they were being influenced. Have you heard, well let me use our current uh, situation in the country. Have you heard, oh, oh, well, I don't think that would be a good example, but you know, you can tell probably what I'm talking about. But have you heard people sent out and they say that this person is suspended for anti-party activities? Like one of your uncles. <laughs> right? Pay attention now, right? Now, would you say that person suspended for anti-party activities was part of the party? He was among them. But not really for them. <laughs> because when he started operating anti-party, what happened? He started opposing the very party he was part of. Then he now left the party. So you could actually say that the spirit influencing whoever is doing anti-party activities is not the same spirit influ- of the... Of You can say <laughs> that the spirit influencing the person who is doing anti-party activities would not be the same spirit influencing those who are in the party. You could also say that if this person was not influenced by this anti-spirit party, the person could have been a member of the party. So you could also say that the spirit that is operating in this person is against the party. You could also say that the spirit operating in this person would not mind replacing the party. So what does that tell you about the Antichrist? Simple. So the Antichrist will influence people to oppose the truth. Anything that influences people to oppose the truth of Christ is antichrist. Are you following what I'm saying? And on Wednesday, we are going to look at how the scripture uses the word beast. 
we'll, we'll look at it. I'll show you scriptures how to use the word beast. But the thing I want you to understand is it's not something that's going to come. And then, like I said, we're going to also explain what the mark of the beast is. It's not something that's going to come from somewhere. No. Let's read. Let's read. We're still reading John. We're just reading John today. Wow, time is going. It says, but they went out from us, verse 19, so it will be shown that they are all not of us. But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you all know. Verse 21, I have not written to you because you do not know the truth. Now pay attention. What do they know? The truth. The truth. But because you do know it, and because no lie is of the truth. 22. Who is the liar? But the one who denies Jesus is the Christ. So, he says, this liar is the one who denies that Jesus is the Christ. Then he says, this is the Antichrist. So, we know that the functioning modality of the Antichrist is lie. Not a mark, is lie. And lie is that which opposes the truth. Now look at what it says. The one who denies the Father and the Son. Why did he say the Father and the Son? Remember what I read to you in John chapter 1 verse 1. In the beginning was the Word and the Word was God and the Word was made flesh. Why did he say the Father and the Son? Because essentially, John was telling them about the incarnation of Jesus. That Jesus is both God and man. So he says, anyone who denies this truth is the liar. And that liar is the Antichrist. So the, the operating system of the Antichrist is lie. Not a mark, is lie. And what is the lie? The denial of Jesus in the flesh, the humanity and the divinity of God. Why is that big? It is because it touches on the incarnation of God. It touches on our redemption realities. That if we do not agree that Jesus came as man to die for us, then a lot, and, that, and let me tell you the truth, right? The truth of the matter is that why I chose to begin, begin to teach this subject again is that sometimes we can, some of the doctrines that are being peddled in the church today actually, in a very subtle way, deny the finished work of Christ. Deny the fact that Christ came and paid for our sin. That's why you can hear today people have started, you know, interestingly, you know, you know, we've had people in church denominations who actually, you know, are asking people to come and pay for the redemption of their firstborn. Come on. Yeah, am I right? I've taught, it, I've taught a message on that. Now, if you actually are now teaching people that every firstborn is cursed and they need to be redeemed. Hmm? Let's just examine that doctrine. And what is the redemption they need to bring? Seed. If you call it money to look like it's money you want, it's not money. We're not talking money, it's seed. Right? So they bring seed. And the scripture tells us in the book of Peter that you were not redeemed by silver and gold, but you were redeemed by the precious blood of Jesus. What is that doctrine teaching you? Denying that redemption. It doesn't look like an anti doctrine, it looks very nice. 
But remember how they come. Secretly spying on our liberty. What is that liberty? The liberty that is guaranteed by Jesus. So now you have a child and is your firstborn, but that child is caused and needs to be redeemed because the blood of Jesus did not stretch to that child. So, they, they, so people will not come and say, we are not saying Jesus is Lord. We, we are just telling you principles in the scripture for your freedom. Freedom that Jesus did not guarantee. You see, that doctrine might not look... I know some of you have redeemed. So you already have the mark. <laughs> you see how we buy into these things? And you see how every day we keep teaching Christians what to do to be free. It's new laws every day. Is it that we are praying at midnight? Or, you know, all kinds of stuff. I don't want to go into all of that. But you can now see that every teaching that removes the fact that Jesus, listen to me, child of God, has paid the price and he paid it complete. Is a teaching that denies that Jesus had come in the flesh. So, the Antichrist is not somebody who will say, Jesus did not come, he did not come. It will be easy for us to recognize him. Do you, you understand that? If I come and I say, Jesus did not come in the flesh, it's straightforward. Even the dons will know that this is Antichrist. But they will come in a subtle way. Scriptures say they will come with sweet words. Hmm? Imagine. Say, you are the firstborn. Why are you not prospering? And we know that because in Africa, firstborn, we are burdened. Hmm? Ah! Shall if your parents don't have they will even tell you, you know we don't have, you are the one we are depending on. So, you are taking care of your parents, you are taking care of your brother in school, you are taking care of yourself. And some of you have fiancés that you will not marry, you are in a relationship for 16 years, you are doing the 16 years anniversary of your relationship now. You have somebody's daughter you are taking care of that has finished school, done masters, everything. Eh? How will you prosper? <laughs> where, where will you not look cost? Eh? 100,000. Your father is in that 100,000. Your mother is there. Eh? Your girlfriend is there. Eh? If you're a serious believer, your pastor is there. <laughs> eh? Then your tithe is there. Their first fruit offering. Eh? Then your parents are there. <laughs> she, has, she has a list of, of the people we sought out. So, my brother, you will look cost. That, that you are even looking a little bit cost, you are trying. You should look very cost. But have you realized that redemption of firstborn only works for poor people? Have you realized that parents who, who are rich, like Femi or Tedela's children on Twitter, have you seen that they have gone for deliverance? So you realize that what money can solve is not a problem. Jesus did not come to redeem you from what money can solve. Because all those deliverance meetings you are going for, if we credit your account with 10 million now, you discover that the demons have gone. You just realize, that, ah, I'm not, where is the cause? The cause is, is it, so, so when, 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 when preachers pray on the prevailing circumstances to form doctrine, it's actually the doctrines of demons. You know why? Because the end product of that gospel is fear. You should never leave the church with any iota of fear in your heart. Whether you are firstborn, lastborn, or noborn. Alright. <laughs> Let's read. We're in verse what? 
verse 22. Who is the liar? So he uses the word the liar. Okay? But the one who des- denies that Jesus is the Christ. So why does he say the Christ, the Messiah? Okay? This is the Antichrist, the one who denies the Father and the Son. Whoever denies the Son does not have the Father. So you cannot deny the, um, the atonement, that, sorry, the incarnation of Jesus and still claim you have God. Because it is his coming in the flesh that makes us sons of God. Right? Okay. So it goes on to say, uh, the one who confesses the son has the father. How do we confess the son? Romans chapter 10. Remember? If you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus, then you're what? You're born again. You're saved. All right. Now, 24. 24. As for you, let that abide in you, which you have heard from the beginning. So, do you see the emphasis of let this thing abide? Let it stay. You know, I, I shared with you a young man that we've been raised, raised up in this truth. And some of the things he's believing. I've heard pastors that we started preaching these truths together now change their message because they feel that it's not working. I've heard people who, who, <laughs> who have started teaching all kinds of things about deliverance now because they said by experience. So you realize that if you're not deeply rooted in this truth, circumstances will make you change. When you start looking for something for a long time, you just say, maybe, I just think maybe I'm just cursed. Or your church is not growing as you think you should. Before you know, you start watering down the truth. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And then you gather God's people every Sunday morning and be telling them to do it. I receive, I receive. Amen like thunder. Amen like fire. That's your amen has leprosy. I said that amen has malaria. Give me a greater amen. The bigger the amen. And before you know, we'll just turn this whole thing into a circus of entertainment. The place will grow. It will be awesome. And every day we keep challenging ourselves with testimonies of who bought the largest car, the biggest house, who married the most beautiful wife, and we remain stunted and in fear. You know, I remember one time we were in a former compound. And I was praying. I was praying at night. Just get up praying at night. Not because of anything. Just prayed. <laughs> and there was this particular cart that would always come to the window. You know, I was just praying and praying. Cart looking at me like. <laughs> yeah, I was just praying. Just praying. Yeah, I just prayed. I really never did anything about it. You know. But I just, I'm just thinking that if I'm not rightly taught, you know, that cart will give me an assignment for the next 90 days. <laughs> I'm telling you. I told you one of the guys, one of my brothers, <laughs> one of my pastors then, uh, he brought this brother from that village. He used to attend one, one of these fantastic churches. And uh, so the guy was coming. They were in one room. So the guy was coming. He was a welder. He was coming from work one evening. And he saw his things scattered outside. Ah, so he was wondering what happened. So he met this brother. This brother said, ah, when he was praying, a cockroach ran past. And he knows he cannot be ordinary. So all his load were outside, searching for this cockroach. So he finally caught up with the cockroach, had burnt it, took the arches. He does not, that's, there is no way this spirit will escape. Took the arches and was digging holes to bury the arches. Now, you will laugh. You will laugh. But if, if you know how many educated people are subjected to that level of fear, because of consistent deceptive truths, you would, you would, you would, you would, you would, you would, you would just cry for the body of Christ. And there are testimonies to prove for it. 
Oh, there's somebody that will tell you that after the, the, the kid won't cockroach, their, their cousin died. So what they are telling you is that their cousin is that cockroach. Verse 25. This is the promise which he himself made to us. Eternal life. Eternal life. This is the promise. He, he promised us eternal life. He promised us a new quality of life. Now go to verse Go to verse 26. These things I have written to you concerning those. Now, those who are trying to do what? To deceive you. Now, will those... Now, this word, those, right? Those. Where is it? Those who are trying to deceive you. Do we know who those are? <laughs> Sorry, the English is not correct. Just, just pardon me. But I want you to get it. Will those be the many? So, does that mean that there is a particular group of people that John has been warning us about? Has been talking to us about? Now, he tells us that what are those people trying to do? Right? These things are written to you consigning those. So, would that mean that this um, 1 John 2.26 is telling us the motive of John's letter. Because what John is trying to write is concerning a certain group of people. What is the aim of these people? Deception. On Wednesday, all the scriptures we read, what did Jesus warn us of? Deceivers. So he warned us of false prophets, false Christ, and false brethren. Okay. Beautiful, beautiful. So, so John says, John says, right, um, these things are written to you concerning those who are trying to deceive you. So their aim is deception. Since this is it, the Antichrist, the aim of the Antichrist is deception. That is why the scripture says, even the very elect, if they are not careful, will be deceived. Because these doctrines look very subtle. You know, I, you know I, 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 I'm praying that the Lord will give me the liberty to actually teach on giving. I did something in our, in, in our class today, in our growth class on finances. But you know that it got to a point where the giving doctrine in church almost became like, if you want anything from God, all you had to do was to give Him money. I know some of you gave. The, you know, the challenge is that when you are in the midst of those false people, some of you give a lot. Then when you start hearing the truth, say, thank God I'm free. You're not using your money to buy champagne. That is why some preachers don't want to teach you the truth. I'm just telling you the truth now. Because when they look at, if I tell these people this thing, we won't have money again. I'm telling you now. I that's the truth now. You know, there's a kind of message I will teach now. When I'm living here, say, man, oh God, you bless my life. You bless my life. Let me just show this seed. You know, you, you, you have open door. As you every door that is closed, every iron that is blocking you, we open. You know? And you know, I can finish teaching Antichrist, Greek word, uh, theory, church history, do this word. Ah, I, I like you. <laughs> I like you. More grace. Don't, don't tell me more grace. Don't be telling me more grace. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. What was I now? How did I get there? What was I saying? What was I saying? 
The aim of the Antichrist, you know, the aim of the Antichrist is to deceive. So we are picking something about the Antichrist that the root is deception, not a mark. In fact, that teaching itself is one of the deceptive teachings so that men will not recognize the Antichrist. So if you buy into that, you will not look for him in your midst. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You will not be able to design the subtle doctrines. Also, I think I was talking about money and healing. It got to a point where you are sick and they'll say, so something, so we can pray for you. Even Jesus healed people who are not believers. Why would his own children need to sow seed? Then you started hearing testimony. When I was sick, I cleared my account and I got healed. No, sir. No, sir. No, sir. Healing is the children's bread. Healing is the free gift of God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? By the stripes of Jesus, we are healed. You didn't pay him money to go to the cross. Giving is good, but we became almost... You know, I see that a lot with young ministers. They go to a conference, instead of sitting down to hear doctrine and hear the teaching, they are waiting for how to sow into the man of God's life to tap grace. So they are going to the conference, you know, with money in the envelope. All the things you are teaching, they are not paying attention. It is in those teaching that life is formed. Then you just go, man of God, man of God, so, grace, so, lay hands in my life. And you are wondering, okay, now, you want me to impart grace to you. All this study I've done in the Antichrist, how do I do it? Where will the grace come from? You know, it's like that Chinese boy that was preparing for exam. How many of you have watched that video? Huh? You need to go and look for that video and watch it. I don't know the title. The guy opened the book. I just did like this. <laughs> then he will turn the next page. Then we turn that he's just telling himself that everything in this page I receive. You know that's how Christians are. When they are sick, they'll put Bible under their pillow. They will hear some very funny testimonies. A car had an accident, everything got burnt except the Bible. And then the human being inside got burnt. So you ask yourself that okay, let me read it. Go to First John. <laughs> chapter 4. Chapter 4. I need to finish this. Chapter 4. First John chapter 4 verse 1. Beloved, do not... So you understand that this is one letter. So it's continuing the theme. Beloved, do not believe every spirit. Don't believe every spirit. But test the spirits. Plural again. To see whether they are from God... Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. So he uses that term again that Jesus talked about. False what? Prophets. So I need to be fast now. By this you know the Spirit of God. How do we know the Spirit of God? Every spirit that, Je- that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. So we know what that spirit testifies. And I've told you, it is not just by saying Jesus has come in the flesh. It is by believing the fact that Jesus came as God-man to, uh, as incarnate for us. All right. Verse 3. And every spirit that does not confess, the word actually... Uh, let me say this now. Okay, let me just say this. The word confers in the Greek is not just to say something. It's homologous. It's to say the same thing. So confession actually implies that you are agreeing to what was said. That's what it means. Confession is not just Jesus has come in the flesh. No, 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 no. If there is no agreement, there is no confession. Are, are you hearing what I'm saying? That is why uh, in the book of Hebrews you will see the scripture sometimes they just uses the word the great profession. 
concerning our faith. Then some other translations, especially the King James, use the word the great confession. So confession and profession there actually speaks of the same word, the same word actually, different translations, but it actually speaks of the fact that you agree. It's about a body of faith, a body of knowledge, let me put that. A, a body of knowledge. Are, are you following that? Let's read it. It says, by this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ had come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. So, we understand two things here. First of all, this spirit, because it's telling us that we should test all spirits. It tells us what to test for, how, how to test. We test by the acknowledgement of Jesus coming in the flesh. And I've given you a couple of doctrines. I've given you a couple of doctrines right now. Okay? Which you need to test with. For instance, the scripture says, He that the Son of Man sets free is free indeed. And then somebody still tells you, You're not free. That altars from your father's house are following you. So the question is now, Did Jesus actually set you free or not? Because if Jesus sets you free, then you are free. So it, if you now say you're not free, it means that, you know, because sometimes it's very funny. It means that the blood of Jesus did not completely set you free. So you now hear some people say, we have to do some work. Are you following what I'm saying? And immediately they are going in that direction. What's the next thing? Money. Do you remember, Apostle Paul warns us of those whose God is their belly. Which means the motivation for teaching is what to eat, what to drink, what to wear. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Are you still here? <laughs> right. I can't tell... Oh man. You, you give me a bit of time today. Right? I can't tell how many people are not married because somebody told them they had spirit husbands. Hmm? Can't tell how many people are confused because they told them they have eaten in the dream. Hmm? And when Peter had a vision, God told him, kill and eat. Point and key, if you want to use today's translation. <laughs> if you don't use modern reverse translation, Jesus told Peter, point and key. Peter said, I'm not key. Let me teach all those things. And Christians are in bondage. They are the only ones running in the dream. You know, if somebody made me and said, Pastor, they are always pursuing me. I said, next time when you drink, turn. And chase them. That was the end of that dream. I remember one time, early days, we started. The woman came, said, ah, I'm always eating the dream. Every time I eat, markets will not go forward. I said, Okay. So I bought water. So I gave her. You know, when I bought the water, she was so excited. She thought I wanted to pray in the water. So I said, No, when people finish eating, they drink water. <laughs> you are always dreaming that you are eating because you have not completed the circle. Or when you drink water, you have told everybody that I'm okay. That was how she got free. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Some of you is hunger. Eat before. You know, some of you are doing, <laughs> you are doing diet. Oh, it's six. It's six. I cannot eat. I can't. Now, it, will it not be better you have big tummy and, and you are sleeping wet and you are running the dream and your tummy is flat? Oh, it's six. I don't want big tummy. You are every night you go to bed hungry. Eat. Have big tummy and be free. That you now have to, you are just punishing yourself every time you are eating, 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 eating the dream. The solution, eat at night, eat before you go to bed, eat well, then go and sleep. You just realize that those demons, they don't have food for you again. It's hunger. They say every time I eat, market does not go well. No, 
Your fear has already... I, I can't imagine eating in the gym and waking up afraid. What's wrong with me? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Listen to me, child of God. You are the one with the power. He says, this is the promise of God, that we have eternal life. Don't you understand? The Bible says, saviors shall arise out of Mount Zion. We are the ones with the dominion. We are not the victims in this life. He says, you shall cast out devils. And he was referring to you, praise God. So he says, verse 3, And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist. Of which you have heard that it is coming, and now, and now it is already in the world. So we agree. John has said in two places that this spirit is already in the world. Then he says, You are from God, little children, and have overcome them. Who will be the them? Who will be the Antichrist? The many deceivers. Will pay attention here. Will the them of chapter 4 verse 4 be the those of chapter 2 verse 26 where I say this is a reason to you concerning those who are trying to deceive you so the them will be the those right and the those will be the them alright and we know the those and the them are the antichrist right and we know the those and the them have one spirit deception fantastic you are from God, little children, and I will become them. Because greater is he who is in you than who, he who is in the world. Who is in you? The Spirit of God. Who is in the world? The Spirit of the Antichrist. That would be correct. The Spirit of God is in you. That's what, the, that's what Jesus gave to you when you went up to the Father. Right, okay. They are from the world, therefore they speak as from the world, and the world listens to them. So does that tell us that there are people today currently listening to the Antichrist? So it means that the, the guy is here, wearing suit and tie. Okay. Six. We are from God. He who knows God listens to us. So it means that who you listen to determines who you know. Then, do, if you, we don't have the time, but if you go back, do you recognize that Paul, um, John kept saying, you have the truth in you. The anointing abides in you. Do you understand? So that thing is in you. Alright. Let's go on. Let's go on. Let's go on. Therefore, the speakers from the world and the world listens to them. We're from God. He who knows God listens to us. And he who is not from God does not listen to us. By this, by this, by what you are listening to, we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of what? Error. So can we say here, left hand, right hand, start from here, right hand, spirit of God, right? Spirit of truth. Spirit of the Antichrist, spirit of error. What would error mean? What would another word for error mean? Deception. So, how do I know the Antichrist? I test. I listen. I listen to what the person is saying. I, I, I kind of listen. I, I listen and I check with the anointing that's within. I check with the truth of the written word. And if that is not consistent, I know that it is the... You know, when we call it Antichrist, it looks like a very... But it is the spirit of error 
seeking to deceive. Because once deception is accomplished, you have moved from your faith in the finished work of Christ. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Have you heard people say you should sow seed according to your age? And you know, when you're in those congregations, you are happy that you are young. And you regret for being old. How old are you? 65. See, your money is 65,000. And then you are 13. 13,000. Let's, let's be honest. Eh? Listen, listen. We are all children of God here. Assuming. Is there any pattern we find of that in the epistles? That Paul, Jesus, even in the old, did they ask people to bring money according to their age? How did we get here as a church? What results are you looking for that you are now beginning to use money that they just change to replace your own age. He says spiritual. You will not understand. It's a mystery. Paul says the mystery which has been hidden in ages past is now being revealed. Come on, what is that mystery? Christ in you. Do you see the emphasis again? That Jesus lives in you. That's the mystery. The mystery that God has been trying to get to man from Genesis up until this day is that I want to live in you. I don't want to live in the ark. I don't want to live in the tabernacle of Solomon. I don't want to live in the temple of David. God's desire from Genesis chapter 1 has been to dwell in man. The scripture says in the book of Acts, in him we live, in him we move, in him we have our being. Don't you understand that Jesus calls you his brother? That Jesus says when you pray, say our father. There's the oneness of God and man. When they wanted to kill Jesus, Jesus says, for which of these works do you want to stone me? They said, no, we are not killing you for any works. He said, but you being man, making yourself God is why we want to kill you. Religion has always fought the truth that God can live in man. Because immediately we put God outside, immediately we put everything outside, then we get into that self-effort again. Do you follow this? Are you still here? All right. Wow. So you see, that's the Antichrist, the spirit of error. Alright, let me just check my notes if I'm leaving anything out. You know, that's the spirit of error. That's the thing that fights the truth of the gospel. And what is the truth of the gospel? The fact that Jesus came. The fact that Jesus came and Jesus died for us. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, um... Let's read John chapter 3 very quickly. I just want to drop something there for you and then I think we can wrap up with this. Okay. Alright. It says, 1 John 3, 24. It says, The one who keeps... 23. This is commandment that we believe in the name of his son Jesus Christ and love one another just as he commanded us. The one who keeps his commandment abides in him and he in him. We abide in him he abides in us. Okay? We know by this that he abides in us. How do we know that he abides in us? By the Spirit whom he has given us. So, that is where it now leads to chapter 4 verse 1. Where it now says, test all spirits. So, the way you test all spirits is simple. His Holy Spirit has been given to you already. So you are cross-checking whatever you are hearing with the Holy Spirit. That is why, you see, it's very important that when we get people saved or when we get people born again, we should actually, actually ground them in the Word of God. 
Because when they are grounded in the word of God, it's difficult for them to, to fall into error. So you understand what the Antichrist is. The Antichrist is no one man who is going to come. So on Wednesday, I'm going to just go through the scriptures and show you about six scriptures, how the Bible uses the word beast and what it refers to, you know, as a beast. Because, you know, when you read beast in the book of Revelation, you know, uh, your mind goes to all those horror movies. Those of you that watch horror, I don't know how you survive. You know, so I, I watch all those horror movies with all kinds of stuff are going on. But is this clear enough? Is this clear enough? Now, you go back to the scriptures, you feed on the scriptures, you read them again. Okay? Don't just take my words for it. Read them again. Spend time. Compare them from other translations. Spend some time with them. You will realize that the spirit of the Antichrist is a deceptive spirit that takes people away from the finished work of Christ. So just as the Antichrist was then, it is here. And it will still come because there will still be generations that will need to be deceived from the truth of the finished work of Christ. See, the centrality of the gospel is the fact that Jesus came as a man, died for us, took our place in the cross, and were resurrected with him. Listen to me. Any truth that tampers with that truth is taking the place of Christ. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So the word anti, like I told you, is either opposing or taking the place of. So what you find out is either the teaching is not directly opposing the work of Christ or that teaching is putting a work that takes the place of what Jesus has done for you. And the truth of the matter is that we need to go through all the teachings that we've read over and over again because these things are very subtle. They are very, they are very subtle. They are very, very subtle. And like I said, it's the spirit of deception. And we want, to, we, want, we want to stand against that because we have the truth that's in us. Amen. Can we pray? Father, we just want to thank you for the light of your word. Lord, we ask this morning that you would help us as we dig into your word, as we study your word, light and understanding will continue to come forth and this truth will be engraved in our hearts. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise God. All right. Are you blessed? Okay, so we're going to give we're going to give offerings. Um, we're, giving, we're going to give our offerings right now. We want to appeal to you, okay? Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng. Or you can call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.